What is up, everybody? Hey, uh, Chris McLean here with Hater Radio. Uh, I'm a little flustered. We had a long day today. We were uh, driving back from the Sequoia National Forest and um, gotten like two hour traffic jam. I would have been here a lot sooner and would have been on time, but just a lot going on. So I apologize for the lateness. I know we're only like 15 minutes late, but still, I try to keep it as timely as we can so that uh, we get a regular, you know, viewership here going with Hater Radio, which Hater Radio is a college football media brand. I'm the the, co- the host usually, and my co-host is usually Ian Gibson. He's not here tonight, but it's just me. So we're going to try to go through as much as we can. I will apologize in advance because I didn't get um, to go over all of the highlights because of obviously traveling today, which took much longer than I anticipated. Um, it took about six hours, which it should have only taken like a little over four. So it definitely, uh, threw a wrench into the gears, but here I am and I'm here to do the show. Um, so we'll make up for it as best we can. So let's do it. Let's talk about these games. Um, the first one I want to talk about from yesterday, um, probably the biggest win out of the four teams that we cover is the UCLA-Washington State game. Just a huge win for UCLA. I mean, I I know I talk about them, but I don't know if enough people know about how good this team is. Um, they uh, really um, stood firm in this game and made enough plays. I know Dante Moore had those two interceptions, but it didn't end up biting them because they were – they were pretty well ahead most of the game. I know the one was a pick six, so that really was a problem there. But they kept Cam Ward in check. He was um, his completion percentage was about fifty percent. Um, he had two interceptions himself. Uh, Carson Steele went off. I mean, every every highlight I saw of him, he was going for like six yards a clip, and just a sick day for him. Thirty carries for one hundred and forty yards. Um, you know, Dante had a great game besides the interceptions, 290 yards. They they were doing some uh, um, end-around plays where uh, the – whoever – I think it was the same the same player who was – what's his face? Um, not soon. Okay. It was Keegan Jones. He had the, the same exact play – coming from like the, I think it was the far hash, uh, the far right hash coming over on like a, an end around basically, and just going right through and just dicing right through the Washington state defense, got those two late scores. And, you know, they honestly, man, I know people probably don't know too much about UCLA, but if you are watching the show, um, uh, you are a fan of college football start to appreciate this team because even though they may not be a playoff team this year with Dante Moore going forward and Chip Kelly seemingly staying there, I don't see him leaving at this point. This is going to be a team to watch next year and definitely the year after that. But this year is going to be still a really good team because it's not just Dante Moore. It's the surrounding cast. Uh, The defense has gotten a lot better with, um, their new D, D coordinator, uh, Lynn, taking over. And their defense looks night and day different from what they were 
uh, last year. And even in that loss to Utah, they were uh, they played remarkably well defensively and holding them to only seven points after that pick six to start the game. So one loss for UCLA. They beat Washington State here. They have a tough road going for the rest of the season. Um, but, you know, they had their bye week before this game. So who knows what can happen? I can see a 10-win season. I definitely can see it. So, you know, anything is possible for this team, and I'm, I'm excited for them. Okay, um, next game, close game, the USC-Arizona game. I mean, what a thrilling game. I mean, I, I watched it all last night because I was just like, Curious to see how the offense was going to do. Um, more so the defense. I'm, I, I'm really, but just defense. You know, as much as the defense struggled at a lot of points in this game, they came up with two huge plays. Um, the uh, the 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 interception after the fumble that they had, um, getting that turnover there, and then that kind of jump started the offense a little bit got them moving a little bit more. Um, and then the momentum started shifting because then USC kept scoring. Uh, Caleb struggled all night. He uh, was a low completion percentage most of the night. I think he ended up with, um, yeah, a little over 50%. But his rushing was really key in a lot of points. And... Um, Definitely that play because he had three touchdowns on the ground. Um, but that that two-point conversion, God, man, it was so close, razor thin where his foot was going to be on that line. And he doesn't touch the line and he gets over on the um on the uh at the end zone. It just man, like huge, huge to get that two-point conversion because the next conversion try by Arizona. Just the defense, again, made plays when they needed to, came in and stuffed them, and that was the game. And, you know, as much as it's like, oh, it's Arizona, I'm almost positive that USC lost to this Arizona team last year. And, you know, or maybe it was UCLA. Either way, it's it's a team that it can beat good teams. And, you know, it, it's to take them lightly like they did because they were down 17 nothing. And like they easily could have lost this game, but they the defense made enough plays to be able to keep them in it, and then the offense, you know, did great things to be able to capitalize. You know, the run the run game was actually really well. Marshawn uh, Marshawn Lloyd, I don't know why he wasn't getting the ball more. He had 15 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. He should have got the ball more, but whatever. They were spreading it around, um, but either way. USC gets the win, setting up next week against Notre Dame. Uh, we'll talk about what happened to Notre Dame in a little bit, but either way, USC still moving on, a lot to play for. Uh, the Heisman is still attainable for Caleb. I still have him up there, probably one or two right now. And then USC is uh, definitely in the mix for the playoff. Um, next game we've got uh, the USF-UAB game. I don't know, man. It's it's definitely a work in progress with this team. Um, they're three and three right now, so it's not the end of the world to lose a game like this. But UAB coming into this game was one and four. 
and you know their offense wasn't lighting the world on fire but they for whatever reason I, I mean what I saw in this game as far as tackling from USF wasn't necessarily broken tackles it was more so bad angles at trying to make the tackles and that was the difference because it was like guys the safeties that should have made the play and they would take a bad angle and then the guy would be gone and they wouldn't even like basically even touch him so it's like not necessarily broken tackles it's just more bad angles the offense did some things you know they got the 35 points uh i think someone had said on twitter where it was like if they had gone for field goals on some of those fourth downs it could have been like an eight uh, an extra 18 points their way which would have made the game a lot closer i think that would have been I think it was like a 50-something, 35 game. Um, what was it? 56, 35. So 18. Yeah, that would have been a one-score game. Um, oh, no. Uh, that would have been a, a three-point game. I mean, I don't know. You you really never know because it's like, obviously, Coach Golish is going to take chances here. He's of the mindset of trying to roll the dice and give – the offense is many opportunities to score seven as they can. Um, they were in a game where they were already down. I think by halftime, they were down 35, 14. So they were down 21 already. You pretty much have to roll the dice at that point, the rest of the game out. Um, I don't blame him for that. I wish maybe you want to take some points, but I don't know. It's if you're, if your offense is moving the ball, which they were, um, I still think you want to take the chances. Obviously, in the beginning of the game with those turnovers, um, you know, Byron Brown had a fumble and an interception right, right away in the beginning of the game. You know, if those don't happen, there's a chance that this game is a lot different. Um, Brown still had four touchdowns over uh, nearly, uh, nearly 400 yards of offense. I... This is the young team going to learn a lot as they're going? I'm not expecting the world out of this team. I would like uh, a bowl game if they can get to it. Six wins at right now at three and three is obtainable, especially with FAU and UConn coming up next two weeks. Um, they could easily win those games. They should win those games. And then we'll see from there. The rest of the schedule is a little tougher. They got UTSA and Memphis. Those are going to be really tough games, but I like the offense and I like their chances in any game they play because of the offense, because they can score on anyone. Okay. Moving on to Florida and Vanderbilt. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not as negative as most of these people are that are on Twitter that are Florida fans. And it really, I'll say it. It really got to me this week because it was not only there was negativity with Florida after the Kentucky loss, but then there was like negativity with the the Rays losing as well. And like the, you know, the attendance being an issue. And so I just was like, I had a hard time going on Twitter all week. It was really tough because I'm not a negative person. I don't really deal with negativity that great. I try to be as positive as I can. And at the same time, be a realist as well. So Yes, more positive, but try to stay as realistic as I can. Um, 
and you know, just with the negativity, God, man, if people were like, you know, they, there have been plenty of people that say fire Scott Strickland forever and, you know, fire Billy. And then it just got worse this week. And it's just like, you know what? I don't even know what it would do. Like really, uh, they rank Florida's athletics department as one of the best in the country for several years. And especially recently they've been raking it highly. Um, I don't know. Scott Strickland, I think is doing a good job. Um, obviously the two money sports, basketball, men's basketball and football need to be better. looks like Todd Golden is going to do something there, but really it's the focus is on Billy right now. Billy Napier needs to do better. You know, he got the win against Tennessee, but now the loss against Kentucky. And then coming into this game, you know, they had lost to Vanderbilt last year and it didn't look, you know, they didn't look good last year and it looked terrible against a, you know, a five win Vanderbilt team. And, um, but in this game, they played really well offensively. Um, Arliss Boardingham went off. And I think a lot of people were talking about him before the year. So it wasn't like we didn't know about this guy, but it was like we were waiting for him to pop off. And it finally came in this game. And he, like, every – because he was targeted seven times and caught seven balls. So he, he caught everything that was thrown his way. Um, he's a big body, so he can definitely take on blocks. Um, he's, he's something that the team has not had probably since Kyle Pitts. And he's not obviously not as good as Kyle Pitts, but I'm just saying like, even like remotely, um, athletic and gifted as Arliss Boardingham is. And so it's, it is a pleasure to see a tight end finally, uh, take the grass and, you know, I, I, I love zipper. He's just been hurt. I wish he would be back because he's, he's perfectly adequate as a tight end, but I think boarding him has potential to be something better. And, you know, where he goes from here, we don't know. Um, there was a lot of other strong points or stars in this game. Montreal Johnson went off. He had a lot of really good runs. Uh, try on web, uh, had a really good run, um, in the second half, I believe. And Graham Mertz, solid again. He had a little touch pass uh, touchdown to Eugene Wilson. And, you know, that was like, whatever. It still counts as a pass. But he had three TDs and uh, for 254 uh, passing yards and 30 for 36. So he's his completion percentage is through the roof. And, uh, you know, you can't ask for more with that. Honestly, he is, you know – adequate at what he's doing he's not amazing but he's definitely doing the job enough to keep low turnovers uh put them in position to score and you know they red zone they scored i think almost every opportunity and i think the one was a field goal and that was the later one on um, so basically every opportunity was scored a touchdown so they were i think five out of five in the red zone and you know 495 yards of offense, you know, they, they looked really good and the defense looked great. Um, you know, they had a lot of, uh, uh, success on third down efficiency, one of 10 for Vanderbilt. And then, uh, Vanderbilt was and three on fourth downs. They got one technically, but they lost the fumble as they were converting it. So it goes down as a, uh, a non-conversion. Um, but, I don't know. 
this is a good step forward, you know, especially coming off a loss where the Kentucky game was an embarrassment. And like I said, throw that game out the window, throw it out. We don't even look, need to look at it anymore. Let's move on. And they did. They moved on. They did really well. They performed as best as this team is going to. This is this is what this team is. They're not going to throw, uh, you know, 50-yard passes every other drive. They're just not going to do it. They may throw one or two a game. Um, but either way, I will say with Eugene Wilson healthy, this team is a lot different than without Eugene Wilson because Eugene does a lot of stuff that is, you know, not really uh, showing up in the other games where, you know, on those jet sweep motions, on those uh, pre-snap motions before, if if it's Eugene, they're definitely looking into the backfield and making keeping an eye on him and making sure they know where number three is. And he made a lot of plays. I mean, he didn't touch the ball a ton, but he still had – he still had, let me see, I guess all his plays were catches because it's all those touch passes. He was had eight uh, catches for 64 yards and a TD. So that's a solid day for coming back from injury. Um, you know, I really like the kid. I can't wait to see what he does more. Um, you know, the other kid, Andy Jean, is a really good uh, receiver as well. Uh, we saw him a little bit here in some of the games last two weeks against Charlotte and Kentucky. So we'll see more of him, hopefully. And, you know, Ricky had a good game. He had a rushing touchdown as far as a couple of catches. And like I said, boarding him was a stud. So overall, a good game for Florida setting up next week against South Carolina, South Carolina on the road. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. So let's move on to these other games real quick. And I'm going to call it a day because I didn't see a ton of these highlights. Because like I said, I watched as much as I could this morning at like 5 in the morning, but I couldn't really watch the rest of it because I've been driving for six hours. So um, I saw the highlights for Oklahoma-Texas. What a hell of a game. I watched most of the first half before we went um, to the Trail of 100 Giants in the Sequoia National Forest, which was amazing. It was a great time. Uh, great, great trail. Great uh, hike there. Um, but uh, – Oklahoma just pulls off the win with a last-second touchdown. Just an amazing win for them. I feel bad for Texas because it's like, man, they're like, this is their year. They finally are, um, you know, they're finally going to get into the playoff and officially say we're back, but they lose this game. But it actually doesn't matter because if both these teams win out, they're both going to play in the Big 12 championship game. And that could be the de facto uh, decider who goes to the CFP. But also, maybe not, because if they both get one loss and the rest of these teams in the country get maybe two losses, they both get in. But I will say this year is much tougher for any two-loss team uh, this year because of uh, how good the Pac-12 is and the possibility that the Pac-12 could have at least – at least two teams with one loss and maybe even more. So um, it's going to be interesting what happens. And, you know, like I said, with Florida state, you know, they, if they have one loss, they're probably not going to get in. And I know they look like, Oh, we have a win against LSU and Clemson, but 
those LSU wins, uh, that LSU win doesn't look as good now. And that Clemson win doesn't look that great either because they both have two losses. And FSU, uh, you know, they have to win out. And if they lose to someone like Wake or maybe even Miami, who Miami has now as a loss, doesn't look as good. So we'll see. We'll talk about Florida State in a little bit. But as far as the Oklahoma-Texas game, I mean, it was a thriller. It really was. I wish I could have watched all of it. But, you know, like I said, I, I was on vacation, so there's not much I could do. Um, Quinn Ewers had a great game except for the turnovers. He had a ton of turnovers, especially early, that really kind of set them back. You know, Texas got that uh, punt block for a touchdown and kind of erased that a little bit. But then Oklahoma just kept moving the ball, kept moving the ball, making plays when they needed to. You know, Texas scored late and put them ahead. I think they were up by – what was it? They were up by three. And so, like, Oklahoma didn't have to score a a touchdown if necessarily they could have just held on to the ball and um, got the field goal to tie at the end. But they scored the touchdown. And, man, what a great game. Last time between these two in the the Big 12 – Next year, it'll be in the SEC. I'm looking forward to it. You know, both these teams are stepping their game up. They look really good. And coming into the SEC, that's going to be a huge, um, I don't know what it, how to describe it now. Like, the SEC is going to be, it's already been the best conference for the last 20 years. You know, with these two coming in, I mean, it's, I know the Big Ten has some good teams. And they're adding more. And I will say that the fact that they're adding USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon adds a lot of credence to that conference. And I will have to change my tune because of those four teams coming in. But the SEC with these two, I don't know. It's tough to beat this. And it's going to be a very interesting uh, several couple years to see what happens, especially with the playoff now because these teams will play each other a lot and probably have a few losses. You know, like I said, with the the playoff, the 12-team playoff coming up, there's going to be more teams with two, maybe even three losses getting into the playoff. And now it's like, you know, if you lose a game, it's not that big of a deal. So um, we'll see a lot of these teams in the SEC get in. We'll see a lot of the big 10 teams get in. And then we'll see maybe a couple, maybe one or two from the big, big 12 in the SEC. Okay, uh, moving on. Maryland, Ohio State. I did not see the highlights from this um, other than random stuff throughout the day. You know, I they always try to hype up this Maryland game because Maryland comes in like undefeated usually when they come to play Ohio State, and it's usually like the first week in October. And Ohio State usually stomps them. And it not necessarily was a stomping, but 37-17 is not – a close game and you know, Ohio state obviously scored later uh, to really uh, run away from them, but still, I don't know. I just, I never have had faith in this Maryland team. They win these early games because they play bad teams and then they look great because their offense scores a lot of points against tomato cans. And then when they actually have to play a good defense, like Ohio States, then they crumble. And you know, this Kyle McCord kid, we don't know too much about him yet. I mean, he obviously played okay against Notre Dame and seemingly did well here. But again, Maryland is not that good. So we'll have to see once they play against Penn State and Michigan 
to really get a good idea of how good McCord is. Um, but as of right now, Ohio State is undefeated, and they have a lot to play for. So we'll see how the rest of their year runs out. Um, okay, next one, LSU-Missouri. Missouri got up big in this game, and I'm surprised they did not win this game. I I thought going into the game that LSU would win this game, but I did not expect Missouri to uh, like dominate as much as they did at first. And they went up big. You know, Brady Cook had 395 yards, but LSU kept coming back. They made big plays. They made a couple of turnovers on Brady Cook, uh, a couple of interceptions one by Harold Perkins, and then one late to seal it. Uh, it was returned for a pick six. But, um, you know, Luther Burden, if you don't know that guy's name, you really need to know his name because he is a stud. He was a five-star coming out of high school and just the kid's sick. He's got a lot of talent. The rest of Missouri is like, okay. Um, Cody Schrader's all right. They're running back 114 yards. But really it's Burden. He's definitely their their main focus. And, you know, if you look at LSU, they have a lot of players. You know, neighbors went off. Um, uh, their running back, Logan Diggs, went off. And Jaden Daniels had a great game again. Um, I uh, I don't know what to make with this, this LSU team. They definitely are uh, weak when it comes to the defensive side. They made some plays to win this game but they were struggling mightily uh, to stop Missouri. And I'm surprised because, you know, I don't think highly of Missouri as their offense. They obviously are better than years past, but I still don't think they're amazing. They're like a top 15 offense. Um, But LSU's defense has just been historically bad. It was really bad in this game. They're lucky to get the win. They get the win. You know, they only have two losses, only one SEC loss. So a lot to still be played for for them. They're not out of anything out of the playoff, probably, but potentially they still have a chance to get to the SEC uh, championship game in Atlanta. Okay, moving on to uh, Virginia Tech, uh, Florida State. Um, You know, there's not much to say here. I watched the game. I will say Trey Benson. Of course, look good in this game because he's playing uh, a terrible team. He only plays well against terrible teams. All last year, he struggled against better teams. This year, and even though I will say LSU is not a good defense, he struggled against LSU. He struggled against uh, Clemson. I just don't think he's as good as they hyped him up to be. He's he's a good back, like you know, probably an average ACC back. But he's not to the level that I think Florida State fans want to believe that he is. They believe that he's like a all maybe an All-American. He's definitely not an All-American. He may be like third-team ACC, maybe. That's if he gets his numbers up. He had one good game here against a bad team. You know, they have some games against Duke, which he'll probably struggle against. Uh, Wake, I don't know how good their defense is. But their they their offense should be able to move the ball a little bit, and uh, Miami, uh, I you know obviously we'll talk about Miami a little bit later, uh, but um, and then Florida. So and Florida has a really good run defense, so they should be able to stop them. But uh, they struggled last year against him. I will say that. But again, that's a completely different Florida defense from this year to last year. Okay, uh, 
but Florida State wins 39-17. So it was close at one point, but then Florida State, you know, took control of that game and it, you know, it was a it was like a at least two score game for for most of this game. Okay. Um next game, Alabama, Texas AM. Again, I apologize. I did not get a chance to see these highlights. Um, you know, I saw some of them as games were going on. Alabama wins 26-20. You know, that's a huge win. I am telling you, man, this Alabama team feels very sneakily good to the point where holding AM a decent offense so far this year to only 20 points is a huge win. And this defense is good. Like, this is the strong suit of Alabama this year. I think Nick knew that coming in. He's like, you know what? We're going to have to really ride these guys. And, you know, they're going to be the top dogs for our team. And we're going to have to, like, focus on making stops. And I think he realized that. That's why he was a little confident coming into um, uh, the SEC media days. And, you know, Milrow... 320 yards, three TDs, 21 of 33. Not a bad day. Jermaine Burton, 197 yards receiving. I don't know. I mean, the offense is a work in progress. They obviously moved the ball quite well and, um, you know, held AM to 306 yards of total offense. So there is a chance that this team can really turn it around. And they've already done it. They beat AM. They beat Ole Miss. Those are the two top teams in the West right now besides LSU. Really, they only have LSU left to beat, and they're going to be in the SEC championship game. And if they're undefeated in the SEC championship game and they beat Georgia, they're going to the playoff. So, boom, people were, like, ready to bury Nick Saban when this team is clearly uh, a very good team, and especially defensively. Okay, moving on. Um, Syracuse, North Carolina. Only saw a few highlights, um, but Drake May went off again. You know, Drake May, again, is a stud quarterback that, I guess because he hasn't played, like, really good teams, not much is being talked about him. I like talking about him because I know he's going to be a top pick in this draft. Um 33 of 47, 442 yards, three TDs, stud day. Uh, they got back their wide receiver. Um, what was his name? Oh, what's the kid that won the appeal? I can't remember his name. Either way, he didn't have he didn't do he didn't have like an amazing day, but he's still now in the mix and they got a lot of really good receivers you know they had two receivers go over 100 yards they're definitely uh in the mix for the acc championship game and potentially a playoff spot so they don't play florida state but they do play miami i think next week and i think north carolina also plays clemson yeah they play clemson second to last game of the year and duke so Duke and Clemson and Miami, those are the three games that they got to win out here to really get a shot at the, the ACC championship game, which right now is kind of wide open. Miami has a loss, so we'll see what happens there with them. But um, North Carolina is right there undefeated. 
Clemson has two two losses, so I don't know about Clemson right now. They'd have to do a lot of heavy lifting to get through that because they play Miami, North Carolina, and already lost to Duke and Florida State. So it's going to be real tough for them. I, I'm interested to see what happens with Duke. They had a bye week this week with uh, Riley Leonard hurt, high ankle sprain. Is he going to come back in time for that Florida State game? I don't know as of right now. Um, I would venture a guess that he would if they are able to um, – uh, let's see if they can manage the NC State game next week because um, that would be around three weeks lee- leeway. I mean, they also play Louisville, and I forgot. Louisville is another team as well. So there's like four or five teams that are in the mix for the ACC championship game. And um, I am curious with this Duke-Florida State game. You know, I don't think they should play him against NC State because they probably could beat NC State without it because NC State is just kind of whatever this year. Um, But even if they have one loss there, they probably want him in the Florida State game if they want any chance at the ACC championship game. Okay, moving on to um, – well, uh, just UNC won 40-7 over uh, Syracuse. Uh, next game, UCF Kansas. <laughs> man, I – you know what, man? It is it is what it is. I, I said before the beginning of the year that UCF was going to have – a uh, not a reckoning, but just a a realization of who they were. And losing, you know, to Kansas this badly is not a good look. Um, they're now 0-3 in conference play, losing 51-22. And that was without um, uh, Kansas's uh, star quarterback, Jalen Daniels. They ran the ball all over uh, UCF and 399 yards on the ground, just a demolishing. This game was never close. And uh, you know what? I, I'm i not going to bury him here because USF did bad as well. So it is what it is at this point. I don't expect UCF to win more than more than five or six games this year. And it looks like it's, it's going to be a struggle. Like they will be lucky to win five or six games. Okay. Um, next one, Kentucky, Georgia. I did watch the highlights of this one. This was a blowout. And, you know, uh, again, I'm not surprised because seemingly every year it feels like Kentucky plays no one for four games, three or four games, and then they're fully healthy coming into the Florida game. And they play their best effort against Florida and have won four out of the last six, which is at this point a really good run for them and um then it seems like after they win that game they go on to play georgia and they get smacked and it's usually bad and this was 51 13 this was never close it was i think it was 21 nothing like early in the second quarter it was just it was not fun to watch you know kentucky is not up to the level of georgia and I will say this is definitely Georgia's best game so far this year. So maybe they're turning the corner. Um, they have uh, – who do they play next? They play Vanderbilt, so they basically get a week off. 
and then they'll have a bye week. So they get two weeks, two bye weeks. And then they play in Jacksonville for the uh, the cocktail party. So, But their last three games are – actually, last four games besides that are pretty tough because Missouri only has one loss. They play Ole Miss that only has one loss, Tennessee with one loss. And then this Georgia Tech team looks pretty lively. They don't they don't look terrible. They're not they're not the same team in the last couple of years that uh was stinking up the joint. But let's move on. Michigan, Minnesota. You know, Minnesota, not a team that I've thought too highly of. And you know, Michigan is playing their week schedule. They keep playing, and it's like, okay, oh, here they go. They won again, 52 to 10. And it's like, I don't know. I don't really care about these wins. They're not impressing anyone. I know their defense is good, but it's like you're literally playing a terrible team, a three and three team, you know, just, it's not a good team. It's, it it would be a bottom feeder of the sec. They'd be lucky to win two or three games in the sec. And their schedule is just a joke. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota. Are you kidding me? This is disgusting. Indiana and Michigan State sucks this year. Literally, they're playing two games this year. They're playing Penn State and Ohio State. That is it. They have a two-game schedule. The rest of these should be 30-point victories, and it's not even – this isn't football, man. I don't know how you enjoy this as a Michigan fan. Like, I would be livid that this is what non-conference schedule schedule you deliver to them. I – I don't know. I mean, I guess you want to get in the playoff next year. It won't matter because you're going to get it in no matter what. But it's like now it's like, I don't know. They don't set themselves up well because they're not playing against a ton of tough teams. So they're not ready for um, late December, January football. And it shows every year they got smoked against Georgia two years ago and they, they got their asses whooped. Whoops. But whoops. Sorry. Jeez. But whooped against, uh, uh TCU. Okay. Um Notre Dame, Louisville. I am surprised with this. I don't know what's going on with Notre Dame's offense. They ended up scoring 20, but Louisville put 33 up. They scored Louisville had like a ton of field goals in the fourth quarter. I think it was like at least three or four, but it was um uh you know Louisville was pretty dominant. You know, they, they controlled the ball, you know, Sam Hartman had three interceptions. That's a lot of mistakes to try to overcome. And uh, now two losses playoff, probably out of, out of, out of reach. I thought they were going to be better, but I was wrong. I had a lot of hope for them, especially with Sam Hartman coming in. Um, You know, they struggled in this game immensely and uh, you know, Louisville is just a better team. And, Maybe Louisville now will take the mantle and we'll see where they go. They're they're up to number 14 in the, the top 25 rankings today. So they have a tough schedule coming up. Louisville's got um, Duke in two weeks – or no, at the end of the month. Then they have Miami and Kentucky will be a tough game. It's always a rivalry game. So that's actually not that tough of a schedule. They could easily beat Duke if uh, Riley Leonard is hurt. And this Miami team, I'm not that scared of. Dude, Louisville, look out. And I actually would love to see Louisville go up against Florida State. 
that's probably the team that could definitely beat them in the ACC championship game. Okay. Um, Arkansas, Ole Miss. This is a wacky game back and forth. Uh, Ole Miss wins 27-20. Razorbacks are two and four. I don't think anybody saw that coming. A lot of people had a lot of uh, love for them coming into the season uh, to compete for the SEC West, and it's just ugly right now. Um, but uh, I feel bad for them because, you know, they they seem to be projecting up, but now it's, you know, taking a seat back. I don't know. Maybe they may resurrect things. You know, maybe KJ Jefferson corrects things, maybe kind of eliminates the turnovers. We'll see. It's going to be need a lot of help going forward. And I'm actually, I have this one last because this was hilarious. I was dying laughing at this game. Georgia Tech wins 23-20 against Miami. Last second play. They shouldn't even have the ball. All Miami had to do was kneel down, and it was over. It was literally over. They don't kneel down. They they hand it off to the running back. He fumbles it. They get the ball. They march down the field, and then Haynes King with just a great throw. The guy was wide open, so it wasn't that hard of a throw, but still gets the guy, and he just runs in the end zone. I was flabbergasted. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Just a crazy ending. I, all the Miami fans have been talking crap a lot about Florida recently. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's funny to watch some of these things happen. It was definitely one of the dumbest things I've ever seen a coach do. Like, come on, man, you should not be doing this. Like kneel the ball in the game. Like it was like kneel down. And I think there was like 30 seconds left and it would have like gotten close, but still like, man, kneel the freaking ball cut out all uh, possibility of a mistake and they didn't and they lost. And it's just, this is why you watch the games in. Cause I, I had stopped watching it. I had it on my phone and I was like, Oh, this is over. Cause they got the first down. And then I don't know what something I, something like I, for some reason I'm like, Oh, let me check it out again real quick. And I put it on and boom, they had the ball. I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. It was ridiculous. Anyway. So Georgia tech gets the win and, this tech team is feisty, and I'm glad to see because for years they've been terrible. If they can actually win, you know, eight, nine games, I think most tech fans would be happy with that. Not that it's possible this year, but maybe they're setting themselves up for years, uh, for the years to come. But that's it. That's the show. Um, Ian had some thoughts, but I'm just cutting the show short today because of just how tired I am. And I'm actually going to uh, Knott's Berry Farm tonight for their like not scary farm stuff. So I've got a long night ahead of me as well. So I'll be up till at least like probably midnight or one, but uh, I'm glad I got the show in. Uh, glad anyone that saw it, I'll upload it to YouTube later. If you didn't catch the live, um, check our articles. We'll have more later. Um, at, it's going to be haterradio.com. And then for our socials, it is hater underscore radio for Insta threads, uh, TikTok and uh, Twitter or X. And then for Facebook, it is Hater Radio CFB. And for YouTube to find us, the channel is at Hater Radio. That's the show. What a crazy week, especially that Miami finish. Um, enjoy college uh, uh, baseball. I know the Rays are out, but uh, these games are still interesting. There's a lot of... Uh, 
different things going on, but uh, that's it. I'll see you uh, Wednesday, guys. Take care.